segue from Rene to Rene. We're going to talk about Stad Rene. And uh, as you know, our regular listeners, we have an eminence grise in our ranks, Ian Holyman, our executive producer. But he's also a prime journalist and commentator, and he commentated Wren's 2-0 win at Strasbourg. For Grenier, can he bring it under control? He can! And that's the opener. Clement Grenier. And Wren lead a goal to nil. It's a good bit of play from Traore. Good ball too, and that is a lovely goal. And it's Nyong again. Wren, despite some upheaval in their squad, losing some big names in the summer, have won three games out of three. Brilliant from Julian Stefan's team. Admittedly, they were up against the tired Strasbourg, who have played a lot of Europa League games, and it's very hot in France at the moment, and that certainly took its toll on Thierry Loret's side. Um, They've matched what Dijon did last season. Paris Saint-Germain also started with three wins from three. Dijon, and thanks to L'Equipe for this, they're the sole Fanny in uh, Ligue 1. And Fanny in French means they're without a point so far. But let's get back to Rennes. Uh, Edouard Mendy, very good on his debut. He saved a Jonas Martin penalty. It was harsh on Roman Salang, who was brilliant in Rennes' first two wins of the season, the veteran keeper. But Mendy did well. Rennes got the win. Are they serious challengers? Challenges for what? Europe, at least. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I think so. I think without well, question. They're in I think Europe they, again. Yeah, and they're, last year. So they're, they're, that is that is some consistency. Yeah, and that that is obviously a, a one um, reason to question them going forward because obviously we've talked about how they've lost players and they're trying to rebuild the squad. Do they have the depth to be able to challenge domestically and in the Europa League when when the group stage begins? But there's no reason why not. I mean, they've had this fantastic start. They've not had easy games, by the way. Montpellier and, and Strasbourg away, either side of Paris Saint-Germain at home. They've won them all. And, um, you know, as I've said before, I think it's wide open, the race for the top three, certainly top four, top five this season. So, yeah, they are challengers for a European place without question. And they've got real quality in their team, despite having sold players like Ismail Assar, Clément Grenier. He's got Lovely goal from him. Br- yeah, brilliant. He's got plenty of skills in his attic. And uh, M. Bai Nyong as well was a brilliant move, securing his uh, permanent a permanent deal from Torino this summer. And I think that'll really pay. He's already scored more goals for Ren than any other club in his career and has continued that this week. I, and in I 2019, only Moussa Dembele of Lyon and uh, Kylian Mbappe of PSG have scored more goals than Mbappe Nyong. I don't really see them as a weakened side. I know some people do because obviously they've sold players, but they've also got young players coming through, you know, sort of second, third seasons now. The they have of- lost a lot of players, though. I think con- considering how they did last season, their European campaign, mm. winning the, the French Cup as well, because that, that was a big cup run as well. There were several times they were almost eliminated. They got big results against big teams on the way there. I think they have lost a lot of players. I think if anything, to, if they get a couple of injuries, depth could become a factor. But mm. talking about those first three games and the fact they have nine points, how many points do you think they, when they looked at the start of the calendar, would they have been happy with? Six, five, a win and two draws? or Even four, you know, I think, yeah. would have been all right. And yeah. Nine points. And that we've seen it in the past. A side that starts getting wins, getting confidence, it gives you wings. You can keep going. You can keep uh, really riding that wave of confidence and momentum. And one one player that I'm here. pleased to see get a run now is Roman Del Castillo. Uh, we're in this privileged position where we get to see quite a lot of UEFA Youth League games and... When I saw Del Castillo play for Lyon, he 
every time he was the standout player and I thought he's going to go far but then he had loan spells in Ligue 2 didn't break into the Rennes team still a France under-21s international but at 23 he's got to be breaking through this season and he was linked with moves away but he wants to stay showing his ambition so I wish him all the best uh, let's talk a little bit more about Edouard Mendy I think he was second to Walter Benitez last season on the clean sheets list that was the first penalty he'd saved and is he going to be the latest in the line of top quality Ren goalkeepers that had the likes of Czech, Isaacson, Kostil, Kubek was pretty decent? Yeah, I mean, he's, um, his, his pedigree is obvious. I mean, anybody who watched him last season at Rennes uh, knows that. He's uh, a fine goalkeeper, unfortunate to get injured at the Cup of Nations. Mm. And um, as you say, un- unfortunate for Roman Salan to, to have to give up his place because, uh, you know, he's, he's done very well. But Mendy's a, a very good goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, a, a club with, um, with, with a reputation not just for bringing through good goalkeepers, but for bringing through good players in general and, and potentially moving on from there to an even bigger club. Maybe that's what will happen to Mendy in the next, in the next two, three years. A point about that, I could not believe this summer that Marseille didn't show any interest in Edouard Mendy. He's a lad that... He'd been on Marseille's books before. He'd played for their B team and they released him. He ended up going through a, a period of unemployment playing for the UNFP team before Rouse gave him his chance. But... You know, he'd he'd said before when when asked about it, Marseille's big club. He didn't seem to be intimidated by the pressure there. He, for me, he was giving all the signs that Marseille need to kind of go towards a player. There wasn't even any interest shown, and Ren have really done well to get him. Should we sorry? Should we explain what the UN, UNFP team is? That's go ahead, all. Andy. Yeah, the the UNFP team is uh, essentially. I suppose it's a way. Uh, one way of putting it is it's like the Harlem Globetrotters of it's unemployed the players footballers. Union, UNFP. Yeah, the players' union is the UNFP, and um, in the summer they bring together a collection of unemployed players, who effectively putting themselves out there to be signed by other clubs. Is that what the Harlem they, Globetrotters they, were? Harlem <laughs> Globetrotters uh, are a collection players of players that were. No, but <laughs> it's the only way I well, can think of describing play. it. If we the Harlem Globetrotters were the greatest team of all time, Andy. Uh, not sure. Well, these 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 guys are, are are probably the greatest collection of unemployed footballers on yeah, French okay. soil. You know, yeah. it's one and way of describing it. They've also it. got one of the best names in French football on their books currently. Anyone? Hatem. No, Billy Kekia Pom Pom. Oh, ah, well said. True. Yeah. yeah. I, he might challenge someone we're going to talk about later in the Scrabble Stakes. We'll come on to that. <laughs> Um, one last word on the Ren Strasbourg game. We're going to have to talk about VAR, which I admit is not my favourite subject in the world. Generally, I'm in favour of it, but it does need to be improved, as we all know, and we don't mm, need to your, have such long breaks in play. Being tested, Dave. The, the, well, as, as someone who's a keen follower of cricket, Robbie, I know how well <laughs> this system works in other sports, particularly when the Australians have no reviews left. Um, but it took six minutes for this VAR decision to be made for the Ren penalty. Lore, the Strasbourg coach, got a yellow card. I fancy that's not going to be his last yellow card of the season. He does <laughs> tend to get a bit hot under the collar. But why but is it, it taking it so long? It's a yellow and not a red. Normally referees just send coaches and their assistants and, and other people. Well, this is the new the system, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So if he gets three yellows, he'll get what, a one-game touchline ban. I, I think it's positive. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like to see Sinbins in football, but that's for another day. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know where we start with the VAR discussion. I, I'm still umming and eyeing between um, it being a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, I think I, I think globally, if you're going to have VAR, you should have it everywhere, and that's that's just impossible. You can't have it in every league because of the cost of it. I think that's a real negative. I think where you do have it, you need to have consistency across the board. Obviously, in in England, their um, their, their use of VAR is uh, this is another discussion, but the use of VAR is coming in for criticism because they're doing it in different ways, precisely because they want to avoid long delays like this. 
Yeah, it's very problematic. Um, I mean, ultimately, the, the, the biggest problem with football's rules and laws is that they are open to interpretation. And so bringing in VAR, which people thought was going to get rid of any arguments about things, you know, was it a penalty, was it not a penalty, people are still going to disagree about it. So ultimately, you could say, well, what's the point in having VAR if things are still not going to be completely 100% clear? Having said that, obviously, overall, it does contribute to improving the, the, the percentage of correct decisions that are taken. So I guess it's a good thing in that regard. But yeah, the delays need to be slowed down. The, the, way, the way I see it is a bit like a self-checkout at a supermarket. It's, it's great, right? Because you can just go straight to it. Makes a few less queues because you can fit more in. But when was the last time you managed to use a self-checkout without actually calling for help? for someone Are you to, an unexpected item in the bagging you, exactly. area, man? And then it takes about five minutes for the person to get their badge through and then get your items it's in. It's probably that they just need to call someone over to ID you because you're fresh-faced, Armel, and when you're trying <laughs> to buy those beers. You're implying I'm always buying something illicit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's... It's almost a good idea, but it's it still needs it's almost, a lot but does of work. Does that count as teething problems or, or not? Are we still in teething problems? Because this is the third season but now is it not, that is it been, not, been it's been It's a really good um, uh, sort of uh, comparison that you make because, because it's almost as though systematically replacing man with machines is not necessarily a good thing, mm. right? Mm. It's almost as though... And, and there is... There is a report going around that FIFA FIFA are getting ready to replace assistant referees with robots, okay? Well, I was just going to say I mean, that, it's just... Andy, because ultimately, if we start using this video assistant referee ev- everywhere, and if you take it to the next level, do you need a referee on the pitch? Because you, will, you, can, you can have a video assistant referee that makes the decisions. There's no one for the players to argue with. There's no one to shout at. Mm. You just have a loudspeaker or a whistle out through the ground red free kick to the to the red team you don't need this this human element but that's that's dangerous because you talk about replacing man with machine the whole idea of football and one of the beauty of football and all our nostalgia and all our romantic stories and and if we work in this industry it's because no matter Mm. how much football we watch we remain football romantics at heart that never got over the feeling of when we were 11 and, and, and 10 years and shouting old at the referee. football. <laughs> I was, I'm I was, getting teary, but... <laughs> no, but fo- fo- football, football has a fundamental problem. I mean, ultimately, I think we, we all, and whether we consider ourselves to be liberals or whatever, politically, I think when it comes to football, we're all very conservative, right? We all want mm. things to kind of be... Well, I certainly do. Don't really like the idea of change in football. Mm. And ultimately, football is, is fighting... Changing the against- back pass rule was good. Well, I mean, of, of course there are things that are good. Occasional tweaks to the, to the laws of the game are obviously good. But sometimes you wonder if the lawmakers of football are changing the laws. But There's I always little changes every year, and they're not necessarily good things. And with, I mean, the, pro- the lawmakers the, are ex-players, Andy, that are making, that are making these Well, if you believe There's Ian Holloway, the lawmakers of the European involved. Union. And obviously, the worst are. thing that ever happened was allowing a substitute goalkeeper on the bench, stopping outfield players going in goal. 